0: About to ruin the image and the style that like you're used to. I look funny. But yo, I'm making money, see. So, yo, world, I hope you're ready for me. Now gather round. I'm the new fool in town, and my sounds laid down by the underground. I drink a ball of and see you got in your shelf. So just let me introduce myself. My name is Humpty. Pronounced with the umpty. Yo, ladies, oh, how I like to funk me! And all the rappers in the top ten, please allow me to bump me. I'm stepping tall, y'all. And just like Humpty Dumpty, you're gonna fall when the stereos pump me. I like to rhyme, I like my beats funky, I'm spunky I like my me, I love me, I'm sick with this, straight back to Mac, but sometimes I get ridiculous. I'll eat up all your crackers and your licorice, or oh, your fat girl. Come here, are you ticklish? Yeah, I thought you're fat. Look at me, I'm skinny. It never stopped me from getting busy. I'm a freak. I like the girls with the broom. I once got busy in a Burger King bathroom. I'm crazy. Mm. Allow me to amaze thee. They say I'm ugly, but a just... Friday, Friday, Friday. It's Friday. So it's good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. It is Friday. We made it through another week, and what a week it was indeed. I hope you guys had a good one. I have had a crazy one. Uh, Tonight was the season finale of Summer House, and it felt like a funeral to me. I love that show so much. I don't even know why. There are certain shows, and that's—I was talking about this with a friend, is that there are certain shows— That are like perfect escapist shows and you look forward to them and you are sad once they uh, are off because for that hour for that shining half hour or whatever the time is you are happy you are content you're not even aware you're happy at the time. You're just living. You're just living. Isn't it crazy that sometimes the most that we live is while we're watching the TV of actual people living? Well, at least that's how I watch TV, the right way. Um, but that's, you know, Summer House to me was my unproblematic fave in, in terms of there was tons of, you know, insane behavior on screen. But it was it was just easy. There are just those shows. And, and by the way, I'm not saying it should be, you know, this is the show for everybody. Uh, you know, everybody has their favorite shows. Like I was talking about Jersey. Oh, and also I made a mistake. I called Gabriella. I called Antonia Gabriello yesterday, Melissa Gorga's daughter. So I apologize for that. Uh, Melissa reached out to me and was livid. Um, <laughs> um, but I like it. I, I think that's the whole point of this podcast or the point of all of us watching these shows and reading the Daily Mail and reading Dumas and all that stuff is that we genuinely, this stuff makes us feel good. It kind of makes our lives a little, little bit better. And I think that's why you have to celebrate everything that you dig. Like if you like something, even if I don't like what you like, like if you like Lisa Rinna, I hate Lisa Rinna. But if you like Lisa Rinna, I mean, then I'm happy for you. Like, if you like something and if you have a reason for it, I think that's amazing. I love Stan culture in a way. I would hope that we don't have to call it Stan anymore. We could just be like, I'm a really big fan of that. But I think it's exciting to like things. I think it's exciting to look forward to new shows. Like, tonight, at the very end of uh, Summer House, we had, I think, like a 10-second clip from Winter House. And it was literally, um, like, page uh page luke uh austin uh sierra was there craig was there uh lindsay was there um uh, kyle was there amanda was there and they were doing tug of war out in the scenic winter uh you know backdrop and it was 10 seconds and you know if you if i just explain that to you right now you're going to be like that's stupid as hell that's stupid why would you like that but I got to tell you, at the end of Summer House, when I knew it was ending, and then I saw that, it gave me hope. It gave me a will to live. You know, I was like, you know what? I hope I live throughout Winter House. I hope I'm—do I'm... you guys ever do that, where you, like, see <laughs> you see something in the future? Like, I used to do that with Batman movies. Like, I remember, like, I used to love—I still do love Batman. But I would always be like, wow, I hope nothing happens to me before the next Batman movie. Like, it would be s- it's such a bummer if you had to pass away before a new Batman movie. That's really dark. I'm just going to take that thought back. Never mind. Never mind. Going on. Anyways, the whole point of this is I think it's really important to like things. I think it's really important to be a fan of things. And I do think that it gives you that little pep. It makes your heart go a little bit faster when you look forward to things. Heart going faster in the best way possible. You know, because it's nice to it's just nice to love all of these things and to love it passionately and to talk about these things uh, and to be able to talk about these things on this. Um, You guys, I have gotten so much great feedback from the Lindsay interview. And also yesterday, the Bravo breakdown with Sasha Morfa. That was amazing as well. And, and and we had Sophie Ross at the the beginning of the week. I mean, we just had another week of really great shows, and I'm very thankful. Uh, Apple Podcast is still kind of being a dick. I, I don't want to keep belaboring the point, but they are switching over to a new system. In fact, I was reading more about it today. They're going to give options where they can make... Uh, like specific podcasts can decide if they want to charge you on the spot, which is wild. Uh, But I promise you this will remain free. If you want any other further podcasts, Uh, you can go to the Patreon for a couple bucks a month patreon.com forward slash so bad, it's good. But hopefully Apple will work out its kinks because I was going through today and I noticed a lot of my episodes weren't up on their site. Uh, Spotify uh, seems to have all of them and I don't want to you know, push people over to Spotify because I personally use Apple Podcasts. but it, it is a bummer uh, because I saw that a lot of the numbers for Lindsay didn't get counted and, uh, it that was just a bummer, but I had the experience. Me and Lindsay obviously are very in love. Thank you guys for all the well wishes. Uh, we're, we're going to make it work. We're we're really going to make it work. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to pick up where Stravi left off. I, uh, if you guys saw tonight, you saw that that relationship probably wasn't going, could you imagine, could you imagine the ultimate fan experience where I, uh, actually get yelled at by Lindsay in real life? Could you imagine just, just. Just go with me on this warped uh, fantasy. So all of a sudden, next season of Summer House, you see me on. You're like, oh, my God, that's Ryan from the podcast. And then you see me just blow it. You see me get yelled at every time. You see me freak out. You see, you know, like what I mean, that kind of would be the height of comedy is if I did go on a show like that just randomly because of the podcast. And then I got like just super yelled at. Like, Stravi was like a warm-up. I'm getting, like, just my ass handed to me. And then the thing is, if I go to Summer House, I, I, I like drinking, but I can't drink with those guys. Those guys would drink me under the table. Like, and also, I would probably hurt my knee. They would probably do some kind of summer fun activity, and then I'm, like, crying half of the summer. You know, and then like Lindsay's, you know, she's always waking me up to like finger bang or something like that. And I just don't have the stamina, you know, as I get older, I'm scared. What if I can't do any of this stuff? And then Kyle's staying up to like talk to me and I'm just watching him eat shit, like random, like food out of containers. And and eventually I'm just like, I got to go to bed, man. And then the next day they all get up and do pushups and go to like exercise classes. And I'm like, I'm out for the weekend. You guys, I got to take a day to recover. Like, that's not good TV. So I don't know if it's going to work with me and Lindsay, and that hurts me to hurts me to say. But we uh, nevertheless he persisted, right? <laughs> Such an idiot. Um, so you guys, um, today we are going to do we're going to do a little quick little Kardashian recap. Now, what I said about Summer House, I want to say the exact opposite for Keeping Up with the Kardashians. At this point, I feel like. I feel like this is like old yeller. We got to take this show out in the back and put it down. You know, these, this is, I don't know how I'm going to find more creative ways to say how bad this show has become. And it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone because we've been watching this show go bad for years upon years upon years. And the fact is, what is that one saying? Like the greatest uh, trick the devil ever played was, uh, was making, he make, anyways, The whole thing is I think it's a huge trick the Kardashians have uh, played on the public and us thinking this is real TV like it is not real TV like they are barely getting to the finish line here. I mean, Courtney, I, I know we're all upper balls right now because of Travis Barker, but Courtney, I'm sorry, you guys get the kids out of the room is boring as fuck are you kidding me like how how little expectations do we have of our celebrities anymore come on at least travis barker has a skill he can play drums that's a skill and he has a lot of tattoos courtney eats out of plastic salad containers and she barely does that right like she's having scenes with scott scott's carrying scott disick i'm not even a huge scott disick fan anymore he's carrying the scene and she's going yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that is all. I I clocked her at saying like four yes and a scene, and I was like, "Girl, where are you? It seems like it might be more exciting in your mind. Could you let us know what's going on in there? And we're gonna get into it. But like, it's 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 almost offensive. Like they went and Chloe went and found um, Shorty, the homeless gentleman from one of the first seasons of the Kardashians, and. It was one of the more awkward... (sighs) Like, I think their heart was in the right place, but the approach on it was so bizarre when you're all of a sudden having shorty this homeless man deal with billionaires you know it it, it, and they're like oh shorty tell us about it and chris is like shorty i hope i see you soon and it's like there's no fucking way you're ever going to hope to see him soon again after this i I, but at the same time i guys i this show sometimes makes me feel like my heart is black i because like I realize that there must be people out there that watch this show and get a good feeling from this show. And I guess, I guess kudos to you. I would love to live in your head as well, because I just don't know how you would go about life thinking this is good. I just, and I, I, I feel like I'm having to sit you guys down. I feel like I'm the parent right now of like sons and daughters come into the room. I, me and your mom want to have a talk with you. We want to talk to you about uh, your viewing of the Kardashian that's become too much and it's not real life. And we think it's affecting your schoolwork. That's where we're at. And even like, you know, we don't even have Caitlyn in this episode. Yeah, baby, where am I? Come on. (laughs) And do you guys ever think that we're putting, it's like Bachelor Nation. We've got like Food God. We've got Malika and Khadija. We have all of these friends of... What the fuck are they going to do for the rest of their lives? This show ends, like, it's like they must be panicking. I wonder if they're on, like, an email list called, like, the B-Team, and they're like, "Uh, guys, will you let me know if you hear any opportunities in the reality show Friend Of field? Like, what other game in town is for these people? Where's Food God going to go? Is he just going to go to cheese pulls for the rest of his life? like signs block of cheeses at like county fairs and stuff and like makes it's just uh, do you ever think about that like sometimes if i can't sleep at night i'll count <laughs> never mind <laughs> i just think that you know at the end of the day i want to remind people the saddest thing of all of this is that i'm at a cluttered desk right now at eleven thirty on thursday night tomorrow is friday and i'm sitting here Moaning about Food God. Okay, but moaning, we we need to do this. We need to do this. So we're going to go over this episode. I think there's only like three or four episodes left because next week's episode, we see um, that they tell the crew, who, by the way, the crew are the real, um, I think the real uh, engine behind any of these shows. Obviously, they're a huge part of it. And if you want to see what I'm talking about, go to Amanda Batula's Instagram Uh, from yesterday, she did a post about the Summer House crew. And you guys, it's like a crew of like 25. It's a big crew, you know, and I had to cut this out of the Lindsay interview per Bravo, but she was talking a lot about how the crew, you know, a lot of those guys have been with them since the first season and they become family themselves. And you forget about this. You know, I had to cut out this scene where I was like, does any crew people ever laugh when you say something funny? And she was like, yeah, I mean, sometimes they'll like, you know, you'll make somebody laugh and, you know, but but she says, I'm used to it at, at this point. She's very used to it because I was wondering like, Do you sometimes get embarrassed, you know, when you yell at somebody and then realized your friends on the crew just watched you flip out? And She's like, oh, no, we're all family. But I think the same thing about the Kardashians is that if you think about this purely as a job, like my last job, I didn't love my last job, but I went to it. I was appreciative of getting a paycheck and insurance. Um, but I bet that's like a lot of the crew. It's not like they love the Kardashians, but they love a, a steady paycheck. And those are the people I worry about even more than food God. Cause you know, food God, he's, you know, he's going to have cheese for the rest of his life. But what about the crew of these shows? So when they quit something like this, it is a big production. I mean, I even think about that. Did you ever think about that in terms of like music this past year and a half concert touring, you know, all these bands, they have They have crews that they have employed, like Taylor Swift, she was gonna go on Loverfest and that was gonna employ people um, a lot of people for a, a long period of time and then that's just done like I, I do wonder about those things because it's not just the artist it's like the whole caravan that the artist brings with them from town to town uh, and I think about uh, that a lot in terms of reality shows so it's going to be interesting we seem like we're getting back on our feet um, and also I think I don't know if she'll release it tomorrow but Raven uh, from the podcast Bitches Better as you guys know her at mainly Bravo on Instagram and Twitter I'm going to be on her podcast I think she'll release tomorrow or Saturday. We're going to record in the morning. Um, But I just saw her tweet saying, sorry, I'm jumping all around, that uh, she doesn't like those 10 second previews like Winter House or the Potomac 10 second preview that aired after Atlanta this week. And I'm like, no, I love it. I love one of my favorite things as a kid was watching trailers before the movie. And they could have even had, like, a 10-second trailer. I remember the trailer for Batman Returns, I believe, with Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Keaton. There was, like, a really quick 10-second, and it was just, like, a shadow of a bat. And I was like, no fucking way, dude. They fucking put a shadow of a bat. Fuck yeah! I was so excited. Wait, was anybody else like me that when they go to the, like, movies, like, sometimes I was like, I would love to just go to a movie of trailers, Like, I could watch 50 trailers back-to-back, get a little tipsy, maybe a little high, and then just watch trailers. I love trailers. The only thing that sucks about trailers is at AMC, when I was going to movies in person, they would take advantage of it. You're, you're sitting through 30 minutes of trailer before you go to a two and a half hour movie. And that's just ridiculous. And that's why I used to love the Arclight movie theaters that just closed down in California was that they had a strict law of only three trailers per movie, but AMC, they would really, they would put like music breaks, 12 previews, you know, it was, it was insane. Anyways. Um, you know what I like? I like Fridays. I like when it's just you and uh me and you guys. It's uh it's nice. Like I can don't have to worry about <laughs> interviews. I can just be my silly self and uh talk shit about the Kardashians, which really that's the dream for any for any young man. I think that's the goal. So tonight's episode is, uh, I believe, it's episode five. We start off at uh, the Malibu vacation home, which, of course, they've rented for the summer because you know, fuck it, they got the money. Um, in this opening scene, we have Kim, Simon Huck. Simon Huck is another one of those family friends, Scott, and Simon is like Scott. What exercise do you do? Do you do? And he goes nothing. And uh, he's like, man. If you worked out with me six weeks, we could get you jacked. And Scott was like, Why would I want to do hard labor? And, uh, <laughs> which is a great, I mean, Scott has a great point. But have you guys noticed lately? It's, I mean, it's getting sadder. Like, Scott, you know, the, the, there is a little bit of a dad bod happening. And believe me, I've got dad on dad bod, but like, you know, he's a modelly looking guy. He has no... There's no reason to have a dad bod, but it's also getting sad because, you know, he's doing, like, the, you know, paint, you know, paint-by-numbers on his head, and he's wearing, like, young kids' clothes. Like, it's like Mason is starting to have better style than Scott. Like, you don't want to walk down the street and be, like, a target for, like, oh, oh, that's sad, you know? Somebody bought their grandfather clothes from Supreme. You know, like, you don't want that kind of a thing, I think. Um... Courtney uh, out of the blue pipes up with, uh, what do you guys think about getting a lifeguard? It could be dangerous around the house if we don't have one, which is like where like I always think the Kardashian people that write the ideas for them, they must just be smoking some of the uh, the kindest bud in Los Angeles, because where the fuck would anybody ever be like, oh, I got an idea. Let's do a plot line with a lifeguard. Um, And then how do they even assign that? Like, ooh, maybe Courtney should ask for it. Uh, Also, we see that Food God is there, so that's exciting. Um, Simon Huck lets us know that he used to be a lifeguard. And then they all start making fun of lifeguards that are over 32. And they say, you know, if you're the age of 32 and you're a lifeguard, there's a problem. Which I'm like, you... Fucking ignorant jackasses. Look at all you guys. You're all over 32 and you're all hanger, hangers on of this one family. You should not be making fun of anybody that actually has gainful employment as a lifeguard. Like you guys are all less than lifeguards. Like that's ridiculous. Um, and then somebody goes, we should ask Addison Ray if any of her friends want to be a lifeguard. And uh, Scott says, uh, do we really want a lifeguard to be on TikTok? And that's supposed to be like a big laugh line, but I didn't, you know, but I kept a complete straight face and I didn't find it funny at all. So, I mean, you know, maybe it's maybe that joke's for the younger crowd. And then we have the the normal Kardashian opening, you know, which I really miss the dee dee de- dee de- dee dee when it was like this, the fun one with the whistle. And now we got this, this like... You know, it's a Francis and the Lights song, and I love Francis and the Lights, the uh, the band or the guy that does that. But I think it's just so misplaced. It, like it makes it like this is like, like this is us or something. When it's like the Kardashians, calm down. Um, so in this opening scene, we meet Trevor, the lifeguard. They did hire a lifeguard, you guys. Uh, he comes in, and uh, Courtney greets him at the door, and the lifeguard goes, "Do you mind if I wear shoes?" Which is just a bizarre line of you know he's at this expensive malibu house do you mind if i wear shoes like if i go to a mansion any mansion if 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 people aren't wearing shoes i'm not going to ask to leave my shoes on unless that's like a dick pissing contest you know no dick pissing a dick measuring (laughs) you guys ever have those dick pissing contests? oh boy (laughs) i won the dick pissing contest um, so uh, he she takes uh, Trevor the lifeguard outside, and she introduces him to Scott and Cam and Chloe. The whole gang is there, and they want to make sure he's a good fit to be around the family and the kids. So they're going to let him life. <laughs> they're gonna let him test lifeguard for a couple of days i gotta just i'm gonna break the suspense right now nobody does he doesn't have to save anybody like i literally my thought was like oh my god what if they fake drown food god and he has to save him which i was like that would have been an amazing like the the people behind this don't take it down like a to like they a to B an idea you need A to C an idea. Skip that B. Go straight to C. Go to the wacky idea. Like, could you imagine he has to jump in and save, like, a fully clothed food god from a pool? And he's like, I'll never eat cheese again. And then he and then he has to do uh, mouth-to-mouth, and then food god slips a little tongue. You know, he's like, hey, Trevor. Um, so... Uh, Kim, Kim, making small talk with Trevor, goes, you look identical to someone I know. And they're all like, oh, it's Court's ex-boyfriend he looks identical to, which I don't know which ex-boyfriend of Courtney looks like this dude because it wasn't Eunice. So I don't know... But anyways, they all say he's super cute, and they're all saying he has a really good energy. When I was, like, waiting, I'm like, oh, my God, Courtney's about to say he has a good vibe. Um, but that didn't happen. So they're all saying he's got super good energy. And then, all of a sudden, he takes off his shirt, and he has washboard abs, you guys. So there's, like, six abs on his washboard. And I, at this point, wrote, this is so dumb, so, so dumb. And Scott says, why is he rubbing himself down with, with suntan lotion? It's not It's not Baywatch. And, uh, he goes, uh, it's like these ladies are getting served apple fritters over here or something. I, I don't even know what that means. And Chris goes, uh, why don't you, oh, they're eating, <laughs> they're eating apple fritters. They're getting served out in the, uh, the Malibu place outside and they get served these little apple fritters. And, uh, and then Chris says, you know, Courtney, why don't you give him some of your fr- fritters? And Scott says, yeah, a little piece of your pie. And just, I don't know if we're all adults here, but uh, what he's referring to is sometimes in America, when they'll refer to a vagina, they will call it a pie or like a piece of pie or like a pizza pie, you know, I don't know if you guys saw American pie that uh, he put his, he made love to the apple pie. I don't know if that's, uh, he was, you know, trying to simulate the um the feeling of a uh, vagina so <laughs> I'm so sorry i just pray my mom is listening um so we got a new scene after that scene yeah that was not the final scene of this there's more scenes so court kim and chloe uh courtney is uh swatting a bee And she says she's traumatized from last year. I guess she had a bee incident, uh, which probably in Courtney's life was like the number one thing that happened to her last year. She's like, I did poosh. And then, of course, there was that day with the bee. Um, So Chris walks up to them and, and Chloe says... The number one thing she gets asked online is about the homeless man, Shorty. And I'm like, bull to the fucking shit, Chloe. The number one thing you get asked is not about Shorty. It's about what you did to your face and who is doing it to your face. There is no way that that, this is true. Um, And she goes, he made a significant impact on my heart. And Chloe lets us know, we've looked him up for a couple times. He used to be at the Hollywood and Highland area, which I used to work right near there. But she lets us know she thinks some people have found him, and Chloe wants to talk to him, um, basically probably for a plot line, but uh, she says she wants to talk to him for good reasons, uh, and she wants to make sure he's been safe during COVID. And I was like, this would be another where you don't A to b the story, A to see the story. I would say invite him to live with you for the rest of the season. Could you imagine how amazing that would be if they invited this homeless man to live with the Kardashians? You want to you make real awareness for the homeless crisis in California? have a homeless man live with the Kardashians for the rest of the season. That would give the homeless population a little uh, bit of so needed uh, spotlight on their stories. But uh, so I just thought this was, and and by the way, as soon as they introduced the homeless storyline, I was like, uh uh-oh, because usually that's like, that could be trouble for the Kardashians. You know, they might not handle this (laughs) extremely well, you know, like they, I just, I was like, you know, you have to really handle these things delicately. And they're in an hour show where they basically don't tell the truth about their own life. So how would you ever expect them to tell the truth about other people's lives, you know? Um, So uh, Courtney says, um, let's just drive around Hollywood and look for him, which is like, Courtney, another stellar idea you guys are only worth a cool billion dollars let's get you in a car and just drive around hollywood during covid time there's nothing weird about that um they figure out that he, is, you know, he started working at a laundromat maybe, and then they start fighting over how to say laundromat. Is it laundromat or laundry mat? So that's the classic banter you only get from a show like The Kardashians. Like they just talked about the homeless man, and now they're fighting over how you say laundromat. You, do you see the weirdness? Do you see the disparity there? So new scene, we have Addison Ray, TikTok star Addison Ray. Now she has shown up now in multiple episodes, which I then now think there is something. Can I talk to you guys about something? There is something weird I've been noticing. And I, I know I'm paranoid about pop culture, but so Addison Ray. the rumor was back in the day that maybe Chris was going to produce a show about Addison Ray's family. Now we didn't know if that might be part of the Hulu deal as well. So Addison Ray, now, this is her third episode of the Kardashians she'd done this season. And she's not like, she doesn't have huge plot lines. She's kind of there like talking with people, teaching dan- uh, Kim some horrible dance moves. But it led me to think, is Addison a part of this Hulu deal? And then that led me to think of what E is going to do after the Kardashians leave. Because yeah, you can't the Bradshaw bunch... You know, and and Total Bellas or the wrestling one. Like, I don't think that's going to cut it. I know people, there's fans of that show. I mean, it's like, I feel like they almost should just give E to Chrisley Knows Best and call it a day. But have you noticed that what's on E has sometimes gone over to Bravo lately, like late at night and vice versa. And I know they're owned by the same uh, company, NBC Universal. And, of course, Lisa Vanderpump is over at E now with Overserved. And she's like, I have two homes, darling. Bravo and now E. So, of course, that's like, a, you know, a handshake deal where she's not going against Bravo. They're all owned by the same company. So part of me was wondering and and, and hear this out. I do think maybe at a point Bravo might take E and it might be, you know, like Bravi or something. But like, I kind of don't see how E keeps going. They have the Daily Pop, which would do fine over on Bravo. But what else does Bravo really what else does E really have? I feel like Bravo could take that over and just make it one channel. And part of me thinks that that still might happen. So that is a so bad, it's good little prediction. We never know. We never know. So Addison Ray is there. Chloe says, this top makes my boobs look incredible. And I was like, Chloe, I'm watching. It does not. And Addison says, oh, I need one of those tops because I have no boobs. We find out that, of course, it's part of Kim's Skims collection. This is what they do is they use this TV show as a a big collection. Kim goes, oh, that's the butter collection. Because when I felt that, it felt like butter. I love how simple she is. I love it. Uh, Addison... uh, Is in Kim's one year skims anniversary campaign. And Kim is like, Yeah, she's doing our one year skims campaign. She is the queen of TikTok. So she's dancing in the skims with her infectious smile. Um, And Addison's like, Yeah, my teams don't get it. They're always like, Do your dances. And I was like, Could you imagine if Kanye was still around? Would you have, I would have given, I would have given my firstborn if I could see Kanye work with Addison Ray. Could you imagine? that's like that's like horsemen of the apocalypse time that's when you're like oh goodbye to your family the world's about to end i i just that by the way the longer kim and kanye are apart you start to realize that it's potentially better for both of them you're like wow how did it last for so long you know because i just think they're they're interested in two different lifestyles and i'm not saying either one is correct but you, you know what you know what i'm saying so um she wants to make sure, Kim wants to make sure that she's always evolving with the trends because, you know, frankly, that's how she makes money. Um, she is not a dancer, though, she lets us know. So Addison teaching her a TikTok dance for the Skims collection, it's going to be difficult. Um, but Addison, you know, will be the best to teach her, she says. And Addison's like, ooh, ooh, let's do one called The Dolphin. Mason loves it. So if Mason Dissick loves it, that's amazing. Kim says, well, no, no, anything but The Dolphin. And then they just laugh like fucking idiots. It's like another one where there's half the time they laugh on The Kardashians where I look around, I'm like, am I supposed to be laughing? Like... You guys are laughing harder than I ever could. Like what? I, I, I literally, I look at the screen. Like, did something funny happen? Like, I, I'm always looking to decide. Like, is something off camera that I can't see that's funny? Um, there's a new scene. Courtney and Chloe are in the car to go find Shorty, and Courtney, Courtney's on her phone, and she's like, "Do you know the deadliest animal in the world?" And Chloe's like, "No," and she goes, "A hippo." It kills five hundred people a year in Africa. Like Courtney's turned into the little fucking kid from Jerry Maguire. Like Jerry, did you know the human head weighs eight pounds and seven ounces? Like that, it's it's bizarre, isn't it? Like Courtney is just, and 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 in Courtney's head, I bet she's like, I'm really at an age where it's all about learning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I. I learn something new every day. Did you know hippos kill a lot of people? Um, And Chloe says... Uh, we have photos printed out of Shorty Let's go get them And they're going to the laundromat that he works at It's a flip coin laundry and it looks closed So they um, roll down Like they're in this fucking huge Rolls Royce Which is just like Maybe switch to a Corolla when you drive around Like you have to talk to homeless people Like when you're pulling up and you're like Pass me the Greg Poupon Like it's it's weird And so he goes up to this homeless man And she's like have you seen this man And the homeless man says no And then he goes get the fuck out of here that was the realest moment of this entire series. Like, I I was, I loved it so, so much. I was like, whoa, this homeless man told Chloe to get the fuck out of here. And I was like, yes, yes. And she goes, that was a buzzkill. <laughs> then they pull up to a new place. They talk to these two ladies. They're blurring out their faces. And they're like, have you seen our friend? And the one lady's like, yeah, he hangs out at this burger place my friend works at. And this is the point when I was like, this is starting to get a little tone deaf. It's like they're dressed to the nines in a huge fucking Rolls Royce. Just pal- like, I feel like they should have just been giving cash to everybody they spoke to on camera. Because it's like, it's getting it's, it. It's, I, did anybody else watch? Did anybody else get a weird feeling? Or is it just me? Because it just it felt really weird, you know. Um, so they pull up to another guy, a homeless guy on the side. And they're like, hey, we heard you might know my friend. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And Chloe's like, here, let me give you my phone number. And, I, you know, Chloe says, I was really bummed we didn't find out shorty did it today, but let's see what happens. And then Courtney goes, it says an ostrich can kill a lion with a long nail. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you for that. Your quest for knowledge is always incredible. So new scene, Addison is trying to, Addison Ray is trying to teach Kim to dance. Chloe is sitting on the floor watching. Chloe is trying to get the participation trophy of this episode because she's like, yeah, Kim, do it, do it. Addison's like uh, Kim, can you do splits? And, uh, Kim's like, have you seen my Ray J video? Um, no folks, that's not funny. Uh, Kim almost can do the splits and Addison's like, oh my God, Kim, look, you can do it. And then they're doing some leg kicks. Um, Chloe is just still like, yay. Um, Chloe starts screaming, you better work snake. Okay. And they're you know, um, so Kim says she's going to try to let all this choreography sink in overnight and see if she can do it. And Chloe says, I think you did a great job. Um, but, like, the weird thing about this, we barely got to see any of this. Like, we got to see her do potentially one to two dance moves. It didn't, you know. Um, so new scene, we have a Mel- the Malibu lifeguard, Trevor. He is sunning himself. Kim and Courtney Courtney come out. And they're uh, kind of doing flirties with him, I guess. Like, when did you do when did you become a lifeguard? Have you ever had to rescue someone? And he's like, Yeah, your career's right now. Bitch. Um, <laughs> Scott and Chris Scott and Chris are watching all of this flirting going down because, you know, of course they are. Um the the, Courtney walks away to the chairs to lay out, and Trevor kind of looks at Courtney's ass, I think. And they try to open up the sun umbrella, and they're like, we're having a little problem, Trevor. Can you help us? And he does, and they're like, do you work out every day? And he's like, yeah. And Court says, do you have any suntan lotion over there? And Scott goes, this is like a gigolo, not a lifeguard. And this was the other—I was like, this is just all just out of touch. Like— I think they think that we think that this is life, you know, like this isn't, real life. And I don't imagine it's real life even for them. I feel like they even are pitched it as or think they're doing little sketches, like little, little, little funny mix ups. Like, I feel like they think they're on whose line is it anyway. And like Courtney's like, did you see how I kept that scene going with the lifeguard? It was so funny. We all had funny lines and we all laughed afterwards. Like, I feel like they think we love this stuff. I just have this feeling like Do you know, you know, um, so uh, Scott goes, I don't think that thing will ever go away. Um, He's talking about his feelings for court, you know, and it's like a tough pill to swallow watching her flirt with other guys. And Scott's like, I'm surprised you're not all oiled up, Courtney. And she's like, I'm sunscreened up. So Scott was basically saying, like, I see you flirting over there and I don't like it. You know, I don't like it at all. Um, I don't know why I did that accent for Scott, but it is kind of this whole episode is a little sad for Scott. I feel like he's being potentially real in the scenes with Courtney where she's just going, yeah, yeah. And we, of course, now that, you know, Courtney is going down on Travis Barker's thumbs nonstop, and they're always doing sexy poses. And from what we find out in these scenes coming up, that that must really destroy Scott. Now, I don't think that gives us any, um, I don't feel any, I feel bad for Scott, but what I don't feel bad for him is him then dragging a 19-year-old Amelia Bedelia Hamlin into it. Even though I don't like Amelia, I just don't think that is the wisest thing to do, especially when he says his feelings about Courtney later on, I think like sometimes you just need to be alone. But maybe, you know, if I were to be an armchair therapist, which I am, um, is I, I think he probably feels like he needs to be with somebody so he doesn't even get more out of whack, or it must be scary to be with himself and his own thoughts. And I assume that he's somebody that doesn't go to therapy. And is not on antidepressants and things like that. So hopefully, I don't know, I just have a feeling I don't even have a feeling. I don't think that Amelia Bedelia thing is going to work out at all. Um, and I think it's going to be a pretty bad breakup. So, uh, new scene Chloe and Kim. Um, Kim's going, making fun of Chloe, Chloe's glitter cup that she carries everywhere and kim asks if she has a booze in there um she's like no i just love the cup uh we found out that shorty the homeless man has done three covid tests to see chloe and this is where it's like fuck off you make this homeless man do three covid like it's like to jump through hoops so he can be brought to the grand kardashians you know, and it's just like, just give him money already. Just say, don't folks, don't worry. He's going to get a lot of money at the end. We're just making him do, you know, like I get that it's safety, but also now you're like taking people out of their environment and kind of messing with them. I don't know. It just, I was really uneasy with this, this whole plot line. And I know they think they're doing good things and they probably are in some ways, but it just, it, it read to me like another, I don't know, just it read to me as is a little fake so uh we're about to facetime him and chloe's really nervous will he remember me fully and i'm like he won't remember that face um so they call and chloe's like hi shorty short and kim's like shorty do you remember me and you know it's been almost 15 years and chloe goes shorty you look the exact same same um <laughs> and shorty Uh, He's like, yeah, I I remember you guys, hi, hi, you know, and... Uh, Chloe's like, he's exactly how we left him 15 years ago. And they're like, you're coming over here for lunch, Shorty. Do you have a special meal that you like? And he goes, I'm a country boy, not a city boy. And Chloe's like, whoa, OK, meat and potatoes it is. And then he goes, I ain't been sleeping. I had two cups of coffee. And Chloe's like, I'm sorry. Um, and then she's like, well, it would be nice if you were here. And he's like, I want to be there as well. You know, y- And she's like, uh, we love you, Shorty, and we can't wait to see you tomorrow, Kim says, and then they, you know, hang up. Um, New scene, we're with Scott, Kim, and Chloe, and they're sitting uh, at a new location at their Malibu house, and Kim asks if uh, it's difficult to watch Courtney talk to the lifeguard, and Scott says, you know, I have... That's my Scott. I have he go. He kind of goes, huh? You know what's interesting? I'm Scott Disick. He goes. I have a different expectation for our life. You know, she said that she wants somebody with money and somebody that's successful and that can take care of her. And Scott's like, I pretty much play the role of her husband already. I do my best to take care of her in return. I don't get much of anything, he says. And Chloe says, Well, do you think she's stringing you along? And he says, Well, the thing that keeps us connected is deep down. We really, really love each other, and I'm like, and the kids scott don't don't forget you have the kids that keeps you connected, you know, so Kim says, if you start low key being not available, I bet she'll flip her shit and wonder, What is Scott doing? I need him in my life And Chloe says, Well I feel really sad and helpless. I wish we could do something about it. And Kim's like, Yeah, our parent trap plot line was a bust. Uh, maybe Scott has to grow some balls and do something about this, she says in a talking head. And Scott says, Well, we keep having these combos about winding up together one day, but then she'll say, Well let's not do it now. So like he goes, I don't know what we're doing sometimes. And You know, this is the point where I kind of got, I did feel bad for Scott a little bit because I remember the first relate, the first long relationship I was in that was a high school girlfriend to college and then we moved out here together. And so I had never had any experience in dating at all after that. I mean, like, imagine that your high school, college, and then moving out to LA was all one person. So, when we uh, split up, and it was like a bad breakup, uh, and there was like, you know, cheating involved and all this stuff. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Like, I mean, I still don't like you really do suffer this arrested development where it's like, I'm kind of like Michael Jackson in a way where I remember being like, I'd have no concept of what all these people spent their college and I like they spent their college years and all this stuff like dating and I didn't do any of that stuff and I missed a good portion of that stuff but also I remember trying to fight to get this girl back and being strung along a little bit and just hoping and hoping and hoping and then you realize like it was never going to happen Um, those are hard lessons to learn but those are important lessons to learn and it doesn't mean that that girl didn't you know you know, the thing with relationships is, is, you know, the thing that hurts the most about any relationship is that we personalize it to the ninth degree, like it is, it it, it always means something so bad about ourselves, like only if I was this only if I was prettier, or better looking or smarter or richer, it would have been different. And sometimes I think you as you get older, one of the, the better things about it is, is that you, you learn, well, like, you know, sometimes it's just it's just not meant to be. It's like you, you don't like everybody you're put in front of. You know, I, I know great people in my life that I don't feel that way about. Like, I mean, it's just it's just what happens, but it doesn't mean anything about them, you know. So I always find that interesting is that I, and I do that. all. I used to do that all the time. I probably will still do that in the future. But, you you know, you personalize things of like, what is it about me? Like, if I could only change myself, like, tell me what I need to change to make me better for you. And you really, I remember being told this from like older, wiser people of like, no, you don't want to have to change to be with somebody. You want somebody to want to be with who you are. And I remember always being like, no, fuck that. I don't like who I am. I'm willing to change. <laughs> um, so um, I thought that was a really telling scene. And we have another one when he actually talks to Courtney later. So new scene, Chloe's house. Um, uh, Chloe's there and, uh, shorty comes in the homeless man and he passed all the COVID tests. He comes in, he hugs Chloe. Um, you know, uh, he goes, you know, people kept telling me I needed to call you girls, but I didn't save your number. And they're like, yeah, let's catch up with you. Um, they, uh, they give him his video discs of his time on the Kardashians, which I'm like, I don't think shorty has like a blu-ray player or something you know we find out he was at his hotel at a hotel with his brother and chloe goes oh you're apartment hopping and he goes no too expensive and it's like chloe maybe don't say things like apartment hopping like that's i just i don't know and then uh tristan walks in tristan walks in out of nowhere and and uh uh shorty goes you ain't supposed to be here he shorty actually is kind of funny and uh courtney is there too uh and he goes i want alone time with these women and tristan's like okay i get it i get it this by the way i would much rather chloe date somebody like shorty than somebody like tristan chloe shorty has a good heart you know tristan to to be determined um chloe says what's been going on since the last time i saw you and uh you know, we find out his laundromat that he worked at was been closed because of COVID and he doesn't have work now. We find out he has a son. Um, and then all the girls are like, you know, Chloe's like, I have one daughter. Kim's like, I have four kids. And Courtney's like, I have how many? I think I have I have three kids. And uh, Shorty's like, I love kids. I want to meet them all. And then Chris FaceTimes in and she's like, oh, Shorty, you look amazing. I'm so happy to see your face. And Kylie is there. And, uh, and Chris is like, look at Kylie. She's not a little girl anymore. And, and Shorty's like, that's a little girl. And Kylie's like, no, no, I used to be a little girl. And then Chloe says, uh, he tells Chloe, he's like, I want something I can call my own, you know, in my own apartment. And I'm like, dude, Shorty, me too, brother. And Chloe says, uh, uh, you know, I see that you're adamant, uh, about trying to get off the streets. And Chris is like, you know, shorty, we will see you soon. Hopefully, which I'm like, Chris, <laughs> Chris, please. I, I felt like he's like, uh, do you want any Yeezys shorty? Do you want, do you want to go into our grab bag room of Yeezys? Um, so Chloe says, um, Oh, he, you know, he says, uh, you know, he's like, I'm doing my own thing. He's like, I have faith in my own self. And Chloe is really making eye contact with Shorty. I think it was Chloe was like, look, look how much I'm looking at this man. Look at me looking at Shorty and Chloe and Kim say, we want to help you with the apartment. Uh, Well, they say in a talking head, they're like, we want to help him with an apartment. And then then they go, well, we want to make sure that it's rent controlled. And I'm like, Jesus, you guys, just help him with the fucking apartment. Can you imagine them, like, trying to barter it down? You know, like, can we knock a 100 off that price? Um, Chloe is like, well, Shorty, we loved seeing you. And then Kim goes, yeah, let's not wait another 13 years. (laughs) Dude, that's so dark. Um, So we're in a new scene. We're back with the lifeguard. Chris and Corey, Corey Gamble, Chris's uh, weird boyfriend, and Chloe and Tristan are there. Uh, Courtney goes, 2020, season 20. Because I guess they're filming in 2020, and then Courtney just realized it's season 20. And then Courtney, in her quest for knowledge, goes, Oh my God, 20s. Um, Kim says, Courtney and Scott, when are you guys going to get back together? And it's like, record scratch. Chloe in a talking head says, You know, they were so intertwined, but maybe we just need to give them a little push. And Scott says, Wherever Courtney stands, I stand. And Courtney goes, that's nice. Chris says, if you could just go over there on one knee, Scott, and propose, make my daughter a respectful woman. And Scott and I talking head says, everyone is making jokes, but this is the first time we have both been single. And like, you know, I need to be serious. And Scott says, Courtney knows I love her and that we'll wind up together. He says this in front of the family. And she whispers, she goes, work on yourself, work on yourself, which is a very truthful moment. I read truth in that moment. She goes, huh, work on yourself. And I really believe at the end of the day, I make fun of these guys a lot. But I really believe that's what Scott does need to do. And I believe when he does all this gallivanting around with, uh, you know, uh, you know, Miss high school, uh, sophomore and all that stuff like it's, it's not, it, I don't think it puts out a good sign to Courtney at all. And you could go, well, Courtney's like giving, you know, thumb jobs to Travis Barker, but it's like Travis Barker is a grown man. They're like, they both have families that they take really decent care of. Um, and Scott is out there not growing up. He's not working on himself. He's, I think, putting obstacles in their path. So I think this is what Courtney's talking about. It's like, none of this shows her that he's ready for anything. Uh, but it's also like a vicious cycle where, you know, What came first, the chicken or the egg? Um, He says, well, what else do I have to do, Courtney? Um, And Courtney says, well, this is a separate conversation. And you're talking to Courtney says, I feel really ambushed right now. I don't know how to react. We have our own private understanding. I don't think it's fair to talk about it with the whole family like it's everyone's business. But like you're on a show, Courtney. So like let us know what the private understanding is. So I feel like we're missing a big piece of their conversations. Cause she's kind of like, he knows why I can't be with him. He knows what he needs to do and he has not done it. She refers to. And so it's like, well, what is that thing? He says, um, I'm a responsible business person who is, is, is there for the kids and you, you know, I can take care of all of you. And Corey's like, Well, Scott, it seems like she's really considering it. Like, they're all at the table saying this shit in front of each other. And Tristan says, Tristan pipes up, Tristan of all people, and says, this man is putting in the work. He would jump over a cliff for you. And Courtney goes, "Eh, you're just saying that because so he'll say the same for you to Chloe. And Tristan's like, no, no. Are you kidding me? No. And then he goes, he's worked harder than I have to get you. So, so basically, we have Tristan admitting that they're just both groveling dogs, man dogs, just trying to get back with their women. It is so dark. Um, he says, uh, Tristan says, come on, he's your life partner. And Scott says, I don't know what all the limbo is here, Courtney. Um, you know, we have such a close family and, uh, you know back in the old days they would say the last person they would want her with is Scott and now they're saying it's the first person they would want her with the rest of the family wants me to be with her and that says a lot he says uh courtney says you know when something gives me anxiety and courtney says uh you know Scott is handsome he's smart he's funny um but the thought gives me anxiety and uh all of a sudden, Scott's from gone from the table. Uh, Kim in a talking head says, Courtney goes back and forth with how she feels. And Chloe says, you know, you know, she's been put through good and bad and the honeymoon phase is fire, but that shit doesn't last, Co- uh, Chloe says. So Chloe's basically saying like, yeah, you guys don't have that honeymoon phase anymore, but you guys have been through so much and that's what really matters, um, which I think is, you know, solid. That's, that's a solid point. And Kim says... All of a sudden, Kim goes, everyone thinks I have six toes on Instagram. And then she proves it. She's like, one, two, three, four, five. And then this little bone over here, it's count. They people think it's a toe and it's not. I just love this was a great scene. And the fact they were talking about something so serious. And then the scene ends with Kim going, everyone thinks I have six toes. I don't (laughs) that to me is the sweet spot of this show if we're to like anything so in a new scene Addison says um she's over at the house and she goes oh whenever I come here I eat six cookies and Kim goes I do too and then she's like uh the chef I said do not make these don't do it and I I would love to see Kim get angry at chefs because like this is why I know that they're they're th- going through hell most of the time. It's like imagine having access to any food at any time that you want. Like at Kanye and Kim's, they have a soft-serve machine. They have their own soft-serve machine. Think about, think about how dangerous that is. So think about that. When Kim is asleep at night, she's like, it's like, Kim, it's me, the soft-serve machine. I need your mouth around me. There's so much to go in your mouth. Please eat me. Like I would not be able to handle it. They have all these glass jars of candy and shit like that. So it's like they're constantly torturing themselves. It's ridiculous. So basically, Kim's saying in this scene, Yeah Addison, I don't think I'm gonna do it. I don't I don't think it's it's not me. It's not true to who I am. And they're like, okay, good, we tried it. It's you know, whatever. Um, she's going to do something different for the campaign. And now we get a new scene with Scott and Courtney talking and, uh, he comes out and he's like, uh, Hey, just want to let you know, that's not diet Coke. It's iced tea because I guess Courtney doesn't like Scott drinking diet Coke. And she's like, I don't care. Live your life. And he says, you know, it annoys me when you flirt with the lifeguard. He's like, you know, seeing you around any guy, it always bothers me. Um, you know, she goes, "If I'm around another human and it doesn't mean I'm flirting. And she's like, says, "I, I'm not flirting. I promise." And he's like, "It's my insecurity. I just don't like seeing you with another guy. It hurts me when you're another with another guy, you know." And I, I used to wake up and look at pics with you and other guys, and it would make me upset and sad. And she goes, "Yeah." And he goes, now I wake up with no real problems. You know, I don't have, you know, to wake up and look at you with photos with other guys. And that used to take up a lot of space. But the big fear is that, hey, Courtney, you might start dating again. And I have to go back to being sad and upset. And that's just, that's a hard thought. And she goes, yeah. And he says, you know, we've got to figure out creating our own lives together or separate. And then Scott in a talking head says, we spend 98% of our lives together. And at the end of the night, we split up into different houses. And he's like, I just don't want to do that anymore. And uh, he goes, I don't want us to wake up and be 50 years old doing the same thing that we're doing now. And she says, uh, I'll have to get back to you. So that <laughs> we're in a new scene. Scott says, if you can just make the final, oh, oh sorry, that was a commercial. And then we come back and it's the same conversation. Scott says, well, if you could just make a final decision, if we're ever going to try to be a family again uh, or not, and I can move on and start my own life. You you say you don't have any expectations, but in my mind, I don't want to live in limbo for the rest of my life. He says, I feel like you're lonely. And she says, I'm not lonely. And then and a talking head, Courtney goes, I appreciate him putting himself out there, but he puts lots of pressure on me and that's no fair. Courtney seems like at a certain age, she was not able to deal with pressure anymore. Have you guys noticed that? Like she's very pressure avoidant, which is hysterical because, I mean, poosh seems like just high stress. (laughs) Uh, Courtney says, I'm happy right now. And he goes, I'm not. Court says, in my mind, we are always going to be a family, which she's right. They are because of the kids. He cuts her off. And he goes, we do everything else except the intimacy, intimacy part. And other people that we're with get jealous of our friendship. And then they get the intimacy part. And he goes, I love you. So it's difficult. And she says, well, this is the first part I've been single. This is the first time I've been single in a long time, and I'm not here to make any decisions today. We've had a lot of combos over the year, and she knows what would need to... Oh, and and she she goes, me and Scott have had a lot of combos over the year, and he knows what would need to happen. um, And you know, if it isn't going to change unless he changes his actions. So this was the real cloudy part where I was like, I don't know what she's saying. She said, uh, you know, I just got out of a relationship. And he goes, that was six months ago. And she goes, 3.5. And he goes, he lived in another country. And Scott says, I always thought we would wind up together. And now I'm not sure that's ever going to happen again. He says, you want different things out of your life. And then he goes, just get back to me in a couple of years and let me know. So it's a real kind of defeat a scene. But it also, we then, it's tragic because we know what happens. We already know that she winds up with Travis. And so it is kind of a heartbreaking scene in a lot of ways because he's basically saying, I hate to wake up and see pictures of you with the guy every day. And that's all there has been nonstop. So in a way you could say, okay, well, Scott is counterbalancing that with his own pictures of out and about. But it's just sad because we're all champ. I'm not, I don't care about Courtney and Travis at all. But so many people are championing that romantic relationship and so many people hate Scott's relationship. So I think it really was a milk calculation on scott's part in a way to try to get back to her because it just kind of reads as gross um new scene paris hilton shows up you guys remember kim's friend paris um uh kim goes i texted you earlier paris and paris goes i have five phones um and uh they joke about an old photo shoot that Kim uh, did back in the day and Kim was like, my dream was always to be on the cover of a magazine. In fact, I got asked to be on a dog uh, cover of a dog magazine. I didn't even have a dog or like dogs, but I wanted to be on the cover so bad. She also says we used to wear velour tracksuits in the early 2000s to be out and about during paparazzi shots. So Kim is trying to recreate that for her skims line. Uh, They even have old school cell phones. Uh, Kim says the shoot was so much fun spending the day to together it was so much fun stay true to yourself you can't force anything and that's where the magic will happen if you stay true to yourself so she's saying she did this instead of the TikTok dance and that remained true to Kim and that's why she's had success so new scene all the girls FaceTime shorty and they're like what are you doing and he goes i'm sitting on a bench talking to you He's like, thank you, girls, for what you've done for me. And they're like, when are you going to move in? They don't really ever fully tell, but we're assuming it's the apartment. Uh, he's tearing up. And um, everybody wants a home. We want to help as much as we can. Um, we love you, Shorty, they say. And he says, thank you for all that you've done. Um, thank you, God. Uh, and Courtney goes, I love it. And that's the end of this the episode. And then next week... Um, is the week when they tell the crew that they're ending the show and that they sold uh, MJ's house in San Diego. And Kyle Richards is on there uh, with uh, Chris, and they're all having lunch. And uh, Chris is like, I don't know if I made the right decision ending the show. And she has like this fancy napkin. It's like a fancy paper napkin. But I just sat there looking at the napkin going, I bet that napkin is more expensive than most of my clothes, you know? So you guys, that was it. I hope you have a great, great weekend. Uh, my birthday is on Sunday. And thank you um, uh, for people that have already wished me well. Thank you for all the people that have left me reviews saying happy birthday. Uh, thank you, guys. You are a much a part of my life now as anybody. And if you ask any of my friends, they can tell you that is true. I talk about you guys more than I talk about pretty much anybody in my life. So thank you for being a constant. And I hope you guys have the best fucking weekend out out there and I will talk to you guys again on Monday. Bye. Betches.